Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast where sooner or later it always comes down to the swimsuit competition. Book number 76, Miss Teen Sweet Valley. The battle is raging. <laughs> that good? The battle is raging. So I read this book on uh, Hi Gladiators. It's me, your host, Marissa Flaxbart. And I am joined today by friend of me, friend of the podcast, past guest, Denise Boylan. Hi, Denise. Hey, happy to be here. Uh, the thing I was going to say before I remembered that I have to, you know, set up the show is that I read this book on Kindle. And so the cover is not, I feel like I say this every time. On the Kindle edition, the cover, like the worst thing about the Kindle edition is that the cover just like disappears as soon as the book loads. And you can find it again, but you have to actually try. Like Kindle's not super concerned about showing you the book cover, which I mean, like some of us are really interested in book covers, especially for Sweet Valley High. Yeah. Do they not care about the tagline? Well, that's like, so I had forgotten that that was the tagline. (laughs) The battle is raging. Raging, baby. A play on words uh, for a book that had a lot of cute little writer's flair moments. Mm-hmm. Um, we can get into them as they come, I suppose, but you don't always get that. Uh, this was a fun one, huh? I liked this one a lot. We've had some rough times and some very serious times, but it's always a delight to get back to a pure Jessica and Elizabeth book. Yes. Like, would it be boring as hell if for 76 books, every single one of these books had been all about Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. But this season, especially, a lot of the books are about people that we like never knew or cared about before. And their stories are interesting. Dang. But like... I forget. Can I curse on this? Yeah. Okay. What would you have said? I was going to say, damn. But then I was like, wait... (laughs) All right, so perfect. Dang. <laughs> well, uh, let's let's talk about the cover actually before we before we delve into why this was so fun and what exactly Jessica and Elizabeth are up to. I'm going to say something maybe controversial. <laughs> the cover is my least favorite part of this book. I feel like it doesn't actually depict what is going on. Do you think that this picture of Elizabeth, who is lurking behind her sister Jessica, looks like it was just clipped out of some other book cover? Yes. I haven't delved into this, but that's what I, every when I look at this cover, uh, Gladiators, it looks like we have a picture of Jessica in um, a, a strapless sequined pink gown. Doesn't sound look that much like the gown that was described to us, uh, but we can't see much of it. It does have the little like pearl details around the edge, yeah. though, which were described. She's holding up a hand mirror. But she's not looking into the mirror. She's looking towards us. Yeah. But Elizabeth is not looking towards us. No. She's got a serious side eye on. She looks like she's about to single white female her sister yeah, and they're like, they're just very much on two planes, as if the books were like collaged. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, as if the images of each of them were collaged together. Yeah. Uh, but the battle is raging, and these two are the ones at battle. Here they go. 
So let's set the scene for the gladiators at the beginning of the book. Um, we have a big event that's coming up. Yeah, it's very exciting times. Uh, and the event is? We got the beauty pageant baby. I mean, is it the first book, annual? The book is called Miss Teen Sweet Valley. But yeah, the first annual, much to Elizabeth's chagrin yeah. when it's introduced as the first annual um, Miss Teen Sweet Valley pageant. Yeah, she bummed out about that one. And the, yeah, you can say that again. And the Chamber of Commerce is whole, it's not a high school event, but it's being held at Sweet Valley High. Mm -hmm. It's something that the Chamber of Commerce is putting on to, I believe, raise money for a new community swimming pool. Yes. Where do you think the money is coming from? Ticket well, sales? they had to pay, I guess, ticket sales and they had to pay the entry fee as well. Sure. But we do know that the entry fee is low enough that Jessica could handle it. Yeah, but they feel rich. So she probably has a decent size allowance. <laughs> Fair enough. It is funny how the books make a big deal about like Jessica, especially Jessica needs money in these books a lot, but they do seem rich. So it's like, yeah, both things at once. I mean, the parents have money when it comes up. But. Yeah, I mean, they have a pool in their backyard. They're not poor. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. It's it's 1991. Oh, it's that's Southern true. California. But I, we don't listen. I think we can all agree that they're doing just fine. They're over doing at the fine. Field house. I'm not. You know what? I'm not losing sleep over it. <laughs> Good. Please don't. Please don't. Um. So Jessica, at the outset of this book, has learned about this. Um, pageant or she's she's reads about it in the newspaper mm -hmm. and she's like that's just the thing because I need to impress a boy <laughs> right listen does that seem like her deal she yes literally she was like get me a car and get me Fraser McConnell yes stat so I have to tell you that the way this book rolls out a gentleman, a college boy named Fraser McConnell, makes it seem like we have ever heard of Fraser McConnell before, but we have not. Oh, we haven't? This is like fresh information that's being dropped on us. Oh, I assumed he had been in a different book that I missed. I write? I, I felt that. I mean, I kind of thought that when I was reading his introduction. Like, there are a bunch of characters in this book that feel like they are from... A previous book and we're they're coming back they're up, just popping in like sharon jefferson like we'll get like i've never heard of these people i don't think i mean <laughs> listen it's been a lot of books but not recently here's what jessica's thinking about fraser at the very beginning of the book the weekend before some of steven's crowd had visited the wakefields jessica had been particularly attracted to an especially cute guy named fraser mcconnell and although she had used all of her considerable skill flirting with him Fraser hadn't even noticed her. Um, I did make a note, and the note just said, really? Like, this <laughs> happened last weekend? Okay. But yeah, Jessica is really, she's in one of those only college boys will do phases. Yeah, also, how old are they? 16. 16. Okay, yikes. And also, Stephen is dating their friend? Yes. Who's their age? Yes. Yikes. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. I've said my piece. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a very, a very succinct piece. I appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate that. And I think gladiators around the world will agree with you that yikes. What, I mean, that's sort of the subtitle of the podcast, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. This. Wait, what? Yikes. <laughs> yikes. Um, I feel like even 17 would be like, 
okay, sure. They're probably going to graduate soon. How old are the college guys? Like, that could be fine. Yeah, I mean, they honestly, they should be 17 by now, but they just keep on being 16. They just keep so. being the same age. Um, it's a very long junior year. It's very Bob's Burgers of them. Yeah, it's exactly. Bob's Burgers, Simpsons. People often say, oh, Sweet Valley High is so much like Bob's Burgers. <laughs> right, it comes up on the podcast every <laughs> week. I know. All right, so Jessica basically decides in one fell swoop that she is going to enter this contest and she's going to win the contest and it's going to be no contest and um, I'm going to just read all this is a long reading but oh my gosh I ha- I want to put it all in there so this is chapter one okay <laughs> Jessica imagined herself standing in a circle of golden light on the stage of the auditorium at Sweet Valley High while a fur trimmed velvet cape was draped over her shoulders and a gleaming crown was placed on her head The master of ceremonies laid two dozen red roses in her arms, and in that moment, the fantasy was so real that Jessica could almost smell the flowers. Jessica pictured herself gliding triumphantly down the makeshift runway, waving one elegant gloved hand at the adoring audience, her eyes glistening with endearing tears. Cheers and applause filled her ears, and she could see people nodding to one another, approving the judge's choice. Everyone agreed that it had been no contest. Jessica Wakefield had been the obvious winner from the first. After the pageant, she would surely appear on TV, and this time Elizabeth wouldn't have to stand in for her as she had the time Jessica won a spot on Eric Parker's talk show. Who knew what might happen once the publicity started picking up speed? Movie and modeling contracts would surely come her way. She would become rich and famous. A sharp pain in her shin brought Jessica back from dreamland in a hurry. She'd walked right into the edge of the coffee table. But even that small mishap couldn't dim her excitement because she'd found the solution to her boy problem. She would win the contest. There was no question of her not winning. And when she did, Fraser and a lot of other college guys would be begging her for dates. What guy in his right mind could resist Miss Teen Sweet Valley? So that's Jessica's perspective here. Incredible. In a nutshell. Also, begging is italicized. For everyone's information. <laughs> yeah, college guys specifically. Begging her for dates. Um, so I don't know, you've you've met these girls before. You know Jessica Wakefield. Did that strike you in any particular way, <laughs> Jessica's fantasy? It feels very on brand, and I'm also thrilled and horrified to report that I'm like, yeah. That's how I got that. That's what I would think too. Yeah, sure. Where there's no contest. I'm winning. <laughs> I love that she's sure, like, she doesn't know anything about the competition, the competitors. She doesn't know, she barely knows anything about what they're going to ask of her. She just knows. Like, there's no one better than me, so obviously I'm going to win. That's incredible. She carries this perspective into the cafeteria with her. Um, where she actually is like, I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm doing this. I'm going to use, I don't know subterfuge to find out a little bit about my competition. Yeah, she went about it the smart way. She was so smart. And she finds out that, like, Lila's not into it, but Amy Sutton is. Mm -hmm. Which we did, we got a tip off on that at the end of the last book, that Amy Sutton, who's been through a lot recently, 
but mostly oh. of her own making. So don't oh. feel too bad okay. for her. All right. She's got a boyfriend now. She's she's changing. Oh, that was Amy. alluded to in the book that she's she's changed a little bit. Okay. Okay. She's gonna enter, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Amy's ready to go. Yeah. And, and she's not withholding any information. No. She's not playing the same game that Jessica is. <laughs> and Jessica is very much like, well, Amy is attractive, but I don't think she has anything else going on. Yeah, she was like, oh, her baton twirling. Oh, my gosh. Whatever. Okay, that was one of my favorite moments early on in this book, of the whole book. So they're talking about what talent they might do. Lila looks skeptical. What would you do for the talent segment? She asked Amy. Amy was baffled. Well, I... And this is just the the first Jessica's hearing about this too, right? A talent. Jessica's mind word. She was a good dancer. She and Bruce Patman had won a contest once. And she had even studied ballet and modern dance for a while. No problem. I could twirl my baton, Amy said triumphantly. Oh, I better say it triumphantly. I could twirl my baton, Amy said triumphantly. Jessica smiled to herself. So much the better. Amy's baton twirling wasn't going to impress anybody. She'd been good once, but she was out of practice now. An original dance performance, on the other hand, would set the judges back on their heels. I think that's what you should do, she told Amy. Twirl your baton. So (laughs) brutal. It's so brutal. Twirl your baton. Yes, Amy, twirl your baton, please. (laughs) So supportive. Wow. Jess. Yeah. And the, the talent thing ends up actually being a big crux of the plot of this story, right? In fact, it is, yes. Because Jessica, she decides that she's going to do modern dance, partly because Fraser McConnell's sister does modern dance. Listen, it's right. a good a reason as any. And she has this interesting line of thought, which is people have often told her that she is a great dancer and she would be really great if she took lessons. Mm-hmm. I feel like that has even come up in the series before when there's been like a talent show or something. And so she takes that to the bank, but then at a certain point she's like, you know what? Some of these people really are talented. She sees who else is competing. And there is a a woman named Sharon Jefferson Mm -hmm. who is like a partially deaf classical pianist. Yeah. Jessica's like, which is baller, by the way. Yeah, that's awesome. She, and she <laughs> hears, like, the book really romanticizes, like, the way that her piano music fills the room and it's like being transported to another dimension or something. Yeah. And so Jessica's like, uh oh. And, and then there's another person. Her name is, like, Marjorie? Uh, Maggie? Maggie sounds right. You know, what was also interesting about all the talent stuff, I think that was. The first moment Jessica had where she was like, oh, is there more to this than just my stage presence and my looks? Right. Because she wasn't worried about that at all. And then she heard the piano and she, Maggie or whomever it was, was yeah, uh, Sharon, doing a Shakespeare monologue. Oh, yeah. Maggie's and, the one who's right. She's yeah. She's performing a, a scene from a Shakespeare play and is yeah. apparently really great and has had some professional acting work. Yeah. So, and that's yeah. when Jessica is sort of like, wait a minute. Maggie Simmons. Maggie Simmons. Oh, I did highlight this. Okay, um, here's a little description. Half a dozen sophomores had signed up. No competition so far. 
but two other people listed worried Jessica. Just a little. Maggie Simmons, for one. A junior, Maggie was a talented actress who'd attended a special theatrical high school in L.A. and had starred in a number of plays there before her family's move to Sweet Valley. Never heard of Maggie Simmons before. This is a new character. Apparently, the existing girls of Sweet Valley were not talented enough for this. Okay. According to rumor, Maggie had even had a few bit parts in the movies. She was a pretty redhead with big green eyes. The second bothersome name was Sharon Jefferson. Sharon was a senior, an excellent student, liked by both teachers and kids. Sharon wasn't beautiful, but she was very attractive. Oh, weird. (laughs) Sharon wasn't beautiful, but she was very attractive, and she'd consistently won a place on the honor roll. Despite a serious hearing impairment, she played classical piano. What if the judges voted for her because she had not let her handicap inhibit her? Jessica sighed. No one at Sweet Valley High, except for Elizabeth, of course, could compare to her when it came to looks. But Jessica hadn't even considered the possibility that someone might outshine her in the talent segment of the pageant. I love that. It's just a foregone conclusion. I'm the most beautiful person at school, obviously, except for Elizabeth, who's tied with me because we were identical twins. But <laughs> but someone else has a talent that yeah. could be better. Yeah. So she's so she takes it seriously to her credit, and she decides to take dance lessons, yeah. which is fun. Yeah. And she has this weird, like, really kind of tense scene with her mother where her mom is like, all debts must be paid. Yeah. You know what? Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. The mom loans her the money, but it's like, I'm only lending this to you if we come up with a plan yeah. for how you're going to pay me back. Yeah. Which is, it's like, I was waiting for that to be more of a comeuppance than it was, but we can save that for the end. Yeah. <laughs> because in all this talk about talent, I have, of course, put on the back burner the main conflict of the book, Mm -hmm. the battle that's raging. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I would love to hear your take on this battle. Tell the gladiators about the battle that's raging. Here's here's the dish. Um, You know, I don't always feel this way in these books because I think a lot of times, as we all know, Jessica likes to go hard in one direction and she can't come back from it really. And I think this time it was Elizabeth doing that. And I was pretty firmly team Jessica for the majority of this book. Okay. Um, which is a kind of a rarity for me. I think I have some Jessica in me for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's not always the most sensible person in the room. No. But I thought this time she handled herself really well. She worked hard. She did what she needed to do. And Elizabeth, and not to say that her points were wrong or anything like that, but she went so hard in that direction and could not concede. And I think it was Amy at some point who runs into her and says, maybe you should just live and let live. And I was like, hmm, wise words from Amy Sutton. Um, So I, I understand her point and I... I'm not necessarily disagreeing with her point, mm-hmm. but I thought the way that the battle was raged between the two of them, I thought Jessica did the better, more mature thing, which I think is a rarity. <laughs> I think I think that you're right that it's a rarity. I think it is also a rarity that a book in the Sweet Valley High universe would present such a meaty and unclear 
situation in terms of this is a very black and white series and this is not a black and white issue. But Gladiators, in case you don't remember Miss Teen Sweet Valley, um, Elizabeth's stance is very firmly anti, not just anti Miss Teen Sweet Valley. Elizabeth is um, philosophically opposed to the idea of beauty pageants, period. Mm -hmm. Very much so. In a way that is... I mean, like, honestly, kind of honorable, like the, her, the courage of her convictions or whatever is, is very strong. She's, um, she's really serious about it. And she's already, it, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with Jessica. And that's right. part of the problem, right? Is that Elizabeth comes down with this perspective from the jump um, she, before the idea of Jessica possibly being a part of this even comes up. Mm-hmm. She already knows how she feels, which is that, um, beauty pageants are uh, anti-feminist. They are like anti-woman. They're bad for women because they um, make women compete against each other. They make it seem as if the most valuable thing a woman can do is be pretty. Yeah. She especially, especially despises the concept of a swimsuit competition. She was real hung up on that. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, it's clear enough why, right? Right. The, the swimsuit, like, there's a lot of pushback and you understand why. I mean, we just had this whole conversation about all these talents mm-hmm. and Jessica thinking about what talents the girls might have. But so the, a lot of the pushback that Elizabeth gets in this book um, from various places is about like, well, it's not just a beauty contest. It's also about other things, you know, depth of character, uh, talent, these other things are going on. Right. But I think when it like I think the counter to that and you would still hear this in 2023 is okay so then why is there a swimsuit competition right um like is this a necessary part of you being able to tell how this girl carries herself in society yeah I think Elizabeth feels like it's that's just kind of trying to paper over what this is really about and she's also pissed that it's the community, like the Chamber of Commerce, putting it on, and they're and they are putting it on at the Sweet Valley High Auditorium. So she feels like they're involving the high school in it in this direct way. Um, just to give you a taste, like so, uh, one of the things that Elizabeth does, and she recruits Enid and Todd and Dana Stevens into this effort. She, there are a lot of people that are in support that are in agreement with Elizabeth in town, in theory, right? right. In theory. And, like, so they're marching around with signs. That night in the Wakefield's basement, Elizabeth and her friends consumed three takeout pizzas. (laughs) Always fucking eating. Always (laughs) eating so much. Okay. Eat. I mean, eat your pizzas. But, like, look how much they're allowed to eat. This is not that many kids eating these three pizzas. (laughs) That night in the Wakefield's basement... Elizabeth and her friends consumed three takeout pizzas while making signs with slogans like women are more than pretty faces and no more pageants. The march on the courthouse was planned for 10 o'clock the next morning. That's basically... Like, taking this to the courthouse just feels so extreme in my mind. I mean, it's the Chamber of Commerce that's doing... Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, the courthouse. It, it's such a compressed timeline that I feel like... In immediately they're like we we have to do something about this right and maybe maybe that's part of it too it's like getting excited about having a strong feeling about something and that feeling of like oh we can take action like we can we can do that like we can be the change you know listen hot strike summer baby yeah well and and so 
I think you're right, though, that Elizabeth loses sight of. I don't know. It's like she's. She, I think. I think there's something. I mean, listen. As an Elizabeth, it won't shock anybody that I'm saying this, but <laughs> I think that there is something really beautiful about the way that she is standing on principle so much. Like she, her, her principles are. It's telling the way that I said that because what I mean is, her principles are so strong, and she just she has this refrain throughout the book. But like, but my principles, but my principles, but like standing on principle is a thing that represents it, like doing something just because of the principle of it. And she's not, she's not like taking in the details of the situation. Right, right, right. And for all the listeners out there, please stand on your principles if you feel strongly about something. I'm not saying that was incorrect. Of course not. Of course yes, not. But about context. <laughs> yeah. And we should, so we should give a little bit of that context. One of the things that Elizabeth does, she's going to use her platform, right? Mm-hmm. Her platform is the Oracle. Yep. So she writes this piece. And she sits down and writes yes. in a fury and it just comes to her. Yeah. It's just like, you can see it like the movie version. It's like the montage of Elizabeth typing. And it's just like, the book describes like, she wrote a draft and then she wrote a second draft. And I was just like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was like, must be nice. Exactly. (laughs) You just banged that out and then you just went ahead and did a second draft, didn't you? Okay. Wow. All Uh, right then, Elizabeth. No need to brag. (laughs) Um, And so that comes out and... It's kind of like Jessica reads it and she's like, so if you think that people who enter the competitions are bad, then you think that I am bad. Right. Yeah. The nuance there is, is tough for Jessica to handle. Here's an argument that they have at the dinner table, which is the constant site of tense. There's so many tense dinners. Eight different arguments at the dinner table in this. (laughs) So basically, this is as soon as they've both come out saying, one of them saying, I'm going to enter the pageant, and the other one saying, I'm taking a stand against pageants. Like, in the same moment, they say this out loud. Elizabeth stared at her sister in horror. You're entering? She folded her napkin and set it aside. I don't believe it. Beauty pageants are demeaning to women. They should be outlawed. Outlawed, Jessica protested. Demeaning? Now, wait a minute. How can being chosen prettiest, smartest, and most talented be demeaning? You think parading up and down a runway in a bathing suit and high heels is dignified? Elizabeth asked sarcastically. And Jessica says, if you ruin this for me, Elizabeth Wakefield, I'll never forgive you. Yes. So There's the drama we've been missing. Yeah, yeah. That sort of represents at least what Elizabeth is yeah. thinking. The, the book doesn't really quote her writing what exactly she writes very much. But apparently it was great because the Sweet Valley News is calling up and saying, hey, we want to republish your high school uh, article in our paper. Did you have any thoughts about that when you when you got that phone call? Only or when she got that phone call? The only thought I had about that was um, the turnaround time because it seemed like she, it was published that morning and by that evening... The news was like, we must have it. I was like, whoa, okay. My thought was, are they going to pay her for that? Mm. Like, I hope they're paying her for that. Probably not. She's in high school. (laughs) They know they can take advantage of her. Right. So then it runs in the town paper like the next day. And Jessica reads it again, which I thought was funny. (laughs) And she's just in a huff. So the twins are essentially not talking to each other. I mean, you got a glimpse, gladiators, with that, that 
argument that they had, that little snippet. As Denise said, we have that argument so many times. Stephen is home a lot during this book, yeah. which the book explains by saying that he's wanting to spend more time with his girlfriend, yeah. who we never see. And he's working on a project, and he says the dorm is too crazy, so being at home is better. Sounds like he might be having his own issues. Grow but. up, Stephen. Grow <laughs> up, please. What if you hadn't gone to college uh, in the same town that you went to high school in? Then you, I guess, and you know what? He made the choice that was right for him because he knew he was going to need to come home a lot. God bless. But uh, Stephen says, like, like, oh, you know, now you've really set off a bomb. Like he's always just kind of poking the bear in these in these uh, dinner time conversations. Like, I feel like somebody just set off a bomb underneath the table. <laughs> yeah. And at this point, I'm like, okay, now which is worse, eating dinner with your family or just being in the dorm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. What about your project? How's that going for you, Stephen? He's also going on an awful lot of dates. He's always yeah. trying, to, trying to get Fraser to double date with him and Kara. I know. Like, give it a rest, man. But we never get to really see any of those dates. So no. I guess not not that important, except for in the sense that repeatedly throughout the book, Jessica is like, this guy will not give me the time of day. I know. Oh, there was one particularly, speaking on the topic of boys. Oh, 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 a beautiful boys, a beautiful boys. I'm in danger of losing. Fraser is really the only boy in this book, but... There's one particularly objectifying moment here um, when Stephen and Fraser show up when Jessica's out by the pool. Jessica was uncomfortably aware that Fraser, who had sun-bleached blonde hair, broad shoulders, expressive brown eyes, and skin bronzed by days at the beach, didn't seem to notice that she looked fantastic in her black two-piece suit. When he said hi, he might have been talking to the patio furniture for all the interest he showed. Jessica's heart took a dip, then soared again. There was no reason to worry. Once she'd landed the Miss Teen Sweet Valley title, Fraser would never ignore her again. Settling back to resume her sunbathing, Jessica tried to appear bored and uninterested, but her pulse was pounding. She watched through her thick lashes as Stephen and his friend enjoyed their morning swim. So this might be a good time for me to say that while I am mostly Team Jessica in this, and I do think there's something to all the work she's putting into it, it is wild to me that the only reason she wants to enter is so Fraser will finally yeah. notice her. And you know what? It's like in character, but you do kind of want to be like, hey, team Kate William over there in the publishing. <laughs> like you guys couldn't think of anything else. I mean, she has other reasons in this book for wanting to do it. She wants to win all the prizes. She thinks uh, she the thinks ten thousand dollar prize. Oh, my God. It goes from one thousand to five thousand to ten thousand. Here's a list early on of what they think the prizes are going to be. I don't know where she gets this idea maybe from from lila but there's a shopping spree at simple splendor that fantastic new boutique in the mall we've never heard of simple splendor before also just like the new characters new stores that fantastic new boutique in the mall a brass bed a stereo a thousand dollars in cash lila gave a bored sigh i heard it was five thousand she said lila Jessica thinks with that kind of money, Jessica could buy a terrific late model used car. Maybe even a sleek silver foreign one. No more sharing the fiat with Elizabeth. So Jessica is like, yeah, she's excited about the money. And that's yeah. a big motivator too for her. And yeah. like at that point, we could just drop the whole Fraser thing. But no, no, 
Or it could have been that, like, at the outset of the book, she just wanted to win. Like, oh, a beauty pageant. I can win that. Like, she doesn't care that much. But then she finds out about the prizes. Like, I don't know. Also, this part was funny to me with Lila, where she says, I've already lost interest in the whole silly idea. I mean, a shopping spree? Please, I can already buy whatever I want. So why should I go to all the trouble of walking down a runway for a few dumb prizes? Lila, (laughs) please. That's our Lila. Um, Here's one more uh, moment of Jessica objectifying Fraser. You'll notice some familiar themes about Fraser. They definitely had a picture of Fraser in their mind's eye. Jessica tried to put her brother's friend out of her mind, but all she could think about was his dark suntan, muscular build, and sun-bleached hair. Just holding the image of him in her mind made Jessica's heart thump. She might have been an empty pizza box for all the attention he'd paid her in the kitchen a few minutes before. (laughs) Also, to be very clear, not once do we learn anything else about this man. No, oh, the, boy. the closest we come is when he's like, he can't go out with Stephen and Kara because he promised his little sister that he'd go to her dance recital. Oh, and yeah. It's like, oh, OK, well, that's nice. But yeah, that's the clo- that's not even a really about him, except maybe his priorities. You know? Right. But she's Jessica's keeping a lot of secrets in this book. You know, so nobody she hasn't told anybody about her crush on Fraser, Mm-mm. which is kind of sounds is sounding a little bit reading it now like more just a her wanting to get his attention yeah and then she's also keeping these dance lessons a secret yeah um and she's working really hard in them too she goes to this guy who i can only assume is russian is that he's from some small eastern european company or i mean country we're getting this through jessica's eyes so it's like yeah that's true take it with a grain of salt he we <laughs> he escaped from some little european country eastern europe eastern european country I'm picturing like Barishmakov. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she goes to take lessons with this guy, and the first lesson Mr. is Krasinski. Krasinski. It's so intense, and he's yelling at her, and she can't do anything right, and she's so embarrassed. And this girl, who I guess ends up being someone who goes to school with them, Marlena. Marlena is the shining star, and Jessica's like, ugh. And he's like, dance like Marlena. Yeah. Just watch Marlena. That is the worst thing you could say to Jessica Wakefield. I know, and she hates it, and she has the thought. She's like, Jessica would just, like, she's not going to stand for this kind of treatment. She would just quit, but she just, she can't quit because she borrowed this money from right. her mom. <laughs> and it's like, I, the point of this is to have my dance performance be better so that I can win the competition so I can pay back my mom. Like, she sees a sign in the dance studio that's like, no refunds. And she's like, oh, she's like, I have All to right. stay. <laughs> um, like, one of the things he says to her is, you, uh, um, I'm going to see if I can do a Mr. Krasinski here. <laughs> you have the grace of a drunken moose, my dear. You danced as though you were wearing boots of lead. <laughs> Perfect. Nailed drunken it. Drunken moose. A well, drunken moose. Well, dance it. Watch Marlena. Dance as she does. Like the gazelle. And Jessica's like, everyone always said it was good. Uh, yeah. So eventually she even like confronts him. Because um, she's like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? Um, doesn't he know everyone thinks I'm good? Right. I was proud of her, though, in this moment. I mean, the motivations maybe were a little misplaced, but it was a good moment of growth for her. Yeah. I was proud. Yeah. So when she asks him, like, what's up, she tells him that he's mean. (laughs) He's being mean to her. 
And he says, <clears throat> I am a mean man, if you like. Legions of my students would agree with you. But I am only hard on dancers who have a talent and potential. The others I have no time for. I send them on their way. Jessica's heart did a little skip. You mean, you do think I'm talented? Very talented, said Mr. Krasinski. But you are also stubborn, lazy, and not a little arrogant, Miss Wakefield. You do not put your whole being into the dancing. Instead, you are always preoccupied with some other matter. Jessica sighed. All along, she thought she was giving the dance lessons her best shot. Now she realized Mr. Krasinski was right. She'd been thinking about the pageant, the prizes, and the admiration she would see in Fraser McConnell's eyes once she'd won the title. Jessica ran the tip of her tongue over her lips. I'll concentrate harder, I promise, she said. Mr. Krasinski wagged an index finger at her. And I promise, he said to her with good-natured gruffness, to be as difficult as ever. It is the only way I know to get the best from my dancers. I don't know what, I don't know what that was. I apologize. I like it. It's unpracticed. And also we don't know where he's from. So it's like I'm doing a little French, a little (laughs) German, maybe some Russian in there. Listen, I thought I can hear it in my ear. Like maybe it would come out of my mouth, but you know, I'm doing my best. It worked. I was into it. Thank you. Thank you. I need, I need a Mr. Krasinski of accents to, to, to take my raw talent and mold it into a, a actual skill that can impress the judges. I think he could work with you. <laughs> You're almost there. Thank you. Thank you. You mean, you think I'm talented? You think Denise? I'm talented? Um, but yeah, it was sweet. It was like really, Jessica, I don't remember another exchange that Jessica's had with somebody, an authority figure like that. Yeah. It was really sweet. And then she was like, okay, can we stay late tonight? Can we get the work in? I was yeah. like, look at her go. And he agrees to give her a bunch of extra lessons. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile, I mean, the really juicy part I thought of the Elizabeth Jessica feud was when the news calls, like the local, not the paper, but like the local news channel. Yeah, like the cameras and whatnot. Yeah. And they're like, I mean, rightly, hey, we heard that there's twin sisters in this town and one of them has entered the beauty contest and the other is waging a campaign against <laughs> the beauty contest and also they're identical twins. The producer was like, go. I em. know. It's like such a good <laughs> idea. So they agree, even though they haven't really been talking, to go on this news show and, and like duke it out. Like, But Elizabeth's perspective is so much more carefully honed. Because she has, you know, her convictions that she's written down carefully mm-hmm. and thought about clearly. Whereas for Jessica, it's more just like, I, I think this is fine. She's like, have you seen Fraser McConnell? <laughs> right. Um, so that was a really interesting moment of the book, too, I thought, where. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth was much more articulate and. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Poised? Poised, yep, and convincing, sort of. And Jessica seemed to just be repeating the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I thought was compelling and an in, just an interesting moment of reading, because Jessica, Jessica never really feels bad about entering the competition. After Jessica makes her good point, Elizabeth says, Beauty pageants are outdated. 
I would like to believe we've grown beyond them. After all, what virtue is there in parading around on stage in a swimsuit and high heels? Also something that she has said in this in this episode. I've read Elizabeth saying that already before, but okay. Uh, but as you can see, she's got her, her talking points, right? Also, though, a swimsuit and high heels is really a wild combination. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. She paused for breath while Jessica seethed behind a serene expression. Millions of little girls watch the national pageants, she went on a beat later, and they form what I consider to be some very harmful attitudes about personal value. The reporter held out his microphone to Jessica again, and this time she felt a wave of panic wash over her. Elizabeth had sounded so sensible. Someone will win some very nice prizes, she blurted out, and after that the interview was a blur to Jessica. She just kept vaguely arguing that pageants gave young women a way to make something of themselves. Elizabeth's statements kept intruding on Jessica's thoughts. In her mind's eye, she saw the millions of little girls Elizabeth had mentioned, staring blindly at their television sets and thinking they had to look like Miss America to be considered important. So, but you know, she shakes it off. She can, she finishes the interview. And then we don't really hear much about it after that. No. Like, and they like had it playing at the house and then it was done. <laughs> Stephen recorded it on VHS and he was Steven. like, I've got the family drama on tape for posterity. Oh, go to your dorm. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, I bet he could sell that tape at his dorm for good I, money. Certainly. You know? Certainly. Um, but we've talked so much about the details here. Is it time for us to get to the pageant yeah let's do it oh well first okay good uh, i wanted you to stop me if there yeah, was something yeah 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 the um the big sort of turning moment for elizabeth is she finds out in like the school bylaws or something i don't even know where she got oh, this information yeah. but she finds out somehow that it's illegal question mark Something the it school, breaks some kind of law, it some kind of some rules, rule not laws, or something. Rules. Yeah, for the school to hold a non-school related event without like the superintendent signing off, and the superintendent yeah. is in the Soviet Union. Yeah, nineteen ninety one, on some <laughs> kind of mission of investigation or something, something fun like some kind of yeah. international development mission. I don't know. And so he can't be there to sign off on it. Yeah. So it's it's something that, like, if people cared about, if it was brought to someone's attention, Mr. Cooper, the principal, Chrome Dome Cooper, <laughs> um, if it's brought to his attention and he uh, cares at all about the rules, there's, like, nothing to be done about this. Yeah. There's no time. So she goes to him fully intending to shut it down once and for all. All of her hard work is paying off. And as she gets there to talk to him, she kind of pauses and has a realization of like, oh, my God, if I do this, I totally ruin it for Jessica and she can't yeah, live her dream. Is it like, is it really this important to me? Yeah. And um, and so she ends up talking to him about a bake sale or something. She makes something up. Yeah. yeah. And he can like tell that she's making something <laughs> right. up. Right. Yeah. So... And it's this moment of, like, self-sacrifice for Elizabeth that, like, only Enid really even knows about. Yeah. But it, is, it pointed out in the book that Enid doesn't care as much about the issue as, like, nobody cares as much about it as Elizabeth does. Right, right. Which Elizabeth is starting to notice. Yeah. But the damage is already kind of done with Jessica, who 
like is annoyed that Elizabeth is even spending her free time like digging into rules and yeah. libraries. Like, of course she is, you know. And I think around this point, Elizabeth tries to sort of start to make nice a little bit with Jessica, she does, who yeah, is a few times. not having it. No. So tensions are still high. Yeah. Jessica is definitely taking Elizabeth's actions very personally. Yeah. And, you know, that's tied in with a lot of stuff for Jessica, I think, where Elizabeth is... Oh, she actually has a line at one point. Once Elizabeth set her mind on a goal, she almost always succeeded, which was another reason Jessica wanted the Miss Teen Sweet Valley title so badly. Elizabeth was the sensible one, the one who got good grades, the one who knew exactly what she wanted to do with her life. A serious limelight shortage was developing in the Wakefield family, and Jessica wanted, needed her share. The pageant would be a forum for Jessica Wakefield, the whole person, to show her stuff. Get stuff. out there. Get the <laughs> bird stuff in a yeah. bathing suit and high heels. But, of course, the pageant goes on. There's a, uh, there's a funny thread throughout this book of the dumb questions that oh, yeah. contestants get asked. Oh, my God. Uh, my favorite one. Yeah, you got one. This felt like a very Tina Fey joke. It was, like, mean and biting, but so funny. I, li- <laughs> I laughed out loud when I read this. Okay, it's in chapter, it's in chapter one when um, Elizabeth and her friends are all making fun of the pageant loudly in the cafeteria mm-hmm, right. at the same time that Jessica and Amy and Lila are discussing about it. And one of them said, when you finish your seven years of junior college, what will you do with the rest of your life? <laughs> it, that was, that is a very Tina Fey joke. That yeah. was very Tina Fey. So that wasn't an actual question in the pageant, but that one did make me chuckle. Um, no, I have one from the actual pageant. This is one. Um, well, first of all, let's set this up by a really harsh burn. The book has Elizabeth mentally give to Amy. Amy Sutton looked very nice in her gown, and Elizabeth knew she was a pretty good baton twirler. But there was something vital lacking, some strength or personality that the other three had in abundance. <laughs> I just thought that was so, so, so cruel. So tough. Elizabeth folded her arms as the questions began. If you could be any room in the house, Mr. Cooper asked of Amy, reading from an index card, which one would you be? Elizabeth rolled her eyes and glanced at her mother, who only smiled. Amy pondered the question seriously, as though it had been put to her by a committee of senators and representatives. Then she smiled brightly. I guess I'd be the living room, because that's where we keep our stereo and our big screen TV. It's the most fun room in the house. Elizabeth swallowed a giggle. This book walked so Miss Congeniality could run. <laughs> so true. So true. And Jessica gets an actual kind of serious question about what she do if she was president. Yeah. And she answers it really well. Like, I would see that stricter laws were made to protect the environment, and I'd make certain something was done to help the homeless. The applause for Jessica was overwhelming, and Elizabeth clapped too, even though she knew the first thing President Jessica Wakefield would do would be to redecorate the White House. (laughs) And we should say that Elizabeth has, like, been like, okay, well, I didn't tell um, Mr. Cooper about the loophole. I didn't give the thing canceled, but I'm still, I'm not going to this pageant. I don't care if Jessica needs my support. Like, she doesn't need it. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going. I will not dignify this by going. 
And Todd is like, sure, babe. Okay, sure. (laughs) We're still going out tonight. Yeah, we are. Even though it's a pageant. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. And then finally Elizabeth breaks down. It's like, Todd, I can't go out with you tonight. I have to go to the pageant. And Todd is like, yeah, I know. We'll go to the movies tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) Todd, all that just drives her over there anyway. Yeah, right, right. Todd doesn't go, which I thought was funny, but... Um, so that's how Elizabeth is there. Yeah. And so Elizabeth is there to witness Jessica's big dance moment. You want to talk about that? Oh, so rough after all her practice, but yeah, Jessica takes a tumble hard during her dance routine. Yeah. It's going great. It's going great. Really good. And then she falls on her knees Mm -hmm. and she gets, she gets dirt on her white, white, her white outfit gets dirty. Um, I wish I could see this dance. It's really hard for me to picture what it was that she was up to up there. Modern dance is the most vague yeah. of all the dances. It could be truly anything. <laughs> so, yeah, what, apparently, I mean, I felt I thought it was weird that they made such a big deal about the fall, but apparently it was a big deal because yeah. like everybody gasped <gasps> and there was silence. And then she got up and she finished her dance, you know, but uh, when it's over, she like ran off the stage crying, crying. And she was basically quit the competition. She's yeah. like put on her t-shirt and shorts and is like, I'm out of here. I'm out. I have ruined it. Fraser will never. Yeah. I was all talked about how, <laughs> how I was going to win this. And now I've made a fool of myself in front of everybody. Yeah. Um, she may have a little bit of a skewed perspective here. <laughs> Who's to say, <laughs> but, um, Elizabeth, Elizabeth goes backstage to comfort her sister and sees that Jessica is like, is essentially bailing. Mm-hmm. She's like, you can't leave now. You can't give up. She's like, wash your face. Get out there. Yeah. Um, but Jessica says no. Jessica says no. She's done. And this, if the, I did not say "Oh my God" out loud reading this book, but this would have been the "Oh my God" moment. It was so close. It was just more of a heavy sigh. Like seriously, <laughs> are we really doing this bullshit again, guys? Because this book has is a lot in common with a very recent book, a very recent book called "Starring Jessica." Like it was just a few books ago, where Jessica they allude to it in the. That's in the one the, they were talking about in this, where she's already you know, kind of proven that she's the the one, like she has the star quality and, you know, her natural charisma is a winning. But that was a couple of books ago though. She needs to reestablish yeah. her dominance. And, and Elizabeth had to sub in for Jessica because of a crisis. That time the crisis was not of Jessica's doing this time, Jessica's walking off. And of course the next thing that's up right after Jessica quits Swimsuit, baby. Yeah. I thought it was a nice touch that earlier, way earlier, I guess foreshadowing in the book, Jessica asks Elizabeth to borrow her like plain turquoise bathing suit. Yeah. She's like, that's the one that's going to be best for this purpose. Because she was like, mine are too slutty. Yeah. So Elizabeth (laughs) is putting on her own bathing suit and just sort of like putting her hair down and like, and there you go. The transformation is complete. Boom. So of Elizabeth has to walk the runway in the swimsuit Mm -hmm. just to keep Jessica in the competition. Thankfully, Jessica is like hiding (laughs) in the back and sees that Elizabeth did that for her. And it's like, you know, makes her heart grow five sizes or whatever. Right. And off she goes to get back in it. 
yeah. the heroics of Elizabeth so have I was, reawakened yeah. her. <laughs> I was really relieved that Elizabeth wasn't going to do the whole rest of the competition for her. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, okay. But it is very sweet, like, like irony mm-hmm. or dramatic irony. It's not dramatic irony. It's, it's I don't know. It's, it's juicy. It is. Let's just say. It is. That the one thing Elizabeth ends up doing is a swimsuit competition. Yeah. And then... She gets into the finals. Yeah, just the top three. Yeah. And yeah. then there's like one more question. And- oh my God. Miss Simmons, he said, turning to Maggie, if you were in charge of the frog jumping competition at the state fair and one of your duties was to kiss the winner, what would you do? What? So stupid. Maggie didn't miss a beat. Why, I'd kiss him, of course, and hoped he'd turn into a handsome prince. Good Lord. And then the next one is, Miss Jefferson, what would you do if you'd just become engaged to a young man and you went to have your engagement ring sized and found out the diamond was fake? (laughs) Bro, are you for real? What kind of a question is that to a 16-year-old girl? (laughs) I know. Those are both very gendered questions, huh? Wow. Oh, my God. She said, I guess I'd call off the engagement, not because the diamond wasn't real, but because my fiancé felt he couldn't be honest with me. Actually, that was, like, the best answer she could have given. I, I will admit that that made me think long and hard about how I would answer that question. Yeah. Because my first gut reaction is, like, I don't think it matters. Diamonds are problematic (laughs) I think we'd have to have a serious conversation (laughs) like I'd probably never look into it in the first place but I guess if he's pretending that it's an expensive ring yeah this happened on Cheers by the way so maybe that's (gasps) where where they got the uh, the inspiration yeah Um, although maybe it wasn't fake I think actually it wasn't fake in Cheers I think it was just like bootleg or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the same as fake. I don't know. Um, and then Jessica gets a nice question. Again, yeah, she lucked out with the question. Yeah, she really did. Name the person who has had the greatest impact on your life other than either of your parents. Yeah. Guess who she says. Marissa, guess. Is it Steven? Yeah. No, she said Fraser McConnell. <laughs> it's Lila. It's Lila. <laughs> it's Lila. No, she says Elizabeth, Aww. and it's like, oh, they made up. Elizabeth did some self-sacrifice for Jessica. Jessica did this nice thing, you know, for Elizabeth, and presumably everybody in attendance knows about the drama between the two of them. So I felt right. like like that answer probably carried a little extra weight, yeah, for everybody. Well, everyone had seen the news. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly my point. Yeah. <laughs> So, what do you think, Gladiators? Does she win? Did she win? You've read some Sweet Valley High novels. Did Jessica Wakefield win Miss Teen Sweet Valley? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she won. Go, Jessica. Honestly, though, I really had my money on Sharon, and I thought Jessica was just going to have to learn a tough lesson. I was, like, honestly having to force my eyes not to, like, scan quickly down. Yeah. Because I was pretty sure, but I was willing to believe that maybe this maybe they would come up with some other reason. And we can talk more about this next drama, but part part of that is because of the unclear um, perspective that this book was coming from. Like, would it be good or bad for Jessica to win? But um, they actually addressed that pretty quickly after, after she won in what I thought was like maybe borderline stirring. Yeah. She said she really broke out into that song from Wicked about how 
Happiness. What is it? Is it getting everything you want? Will you sing a bit for us? Yes, I couldn't be happier. Simply couldn't be happier. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Although it is one of my very favorite songs. I know. I was like, Denise will sing. I'll, I'll sing. Um, so, I'll do the full thing. That'll be the bonus. Ep- tune in for the oh, bonus episode. Uh, yeah, we don't need to talk. We talked a lot about the main. The yeah, main anyway, deal. you guys know what happened. Okay, so here's Wicked. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, but Jessica, yeah, she has this like deep thoughts, deep for Jessica, especially, but poor girl. (laughs) So during the next half hour, Jessica was in a daze. Flash bulbs went off in her face. People shouted congratulations. Reporters from the local news media pelted her with questions. As her head began to clear, however, Jessica started to think thoughts she didn't particularly want to think. She remembered Maggie's and Sharon's perfect performances and her own fall in the middle of her dance number. When it came right down to it, Maggie and Sharon hadn't looked all that bad in their swimsuits either, and they'd answered the questions Mr. Cooper put to them with intelligence, poise, and wit. A nervous flutter settled in the pit of Jessica's stomach. Was it possible that Elizabeth had been right all along? Had Jessica won the pageant simply because she was the prettiest of the three? If that were true, Jessica reflected, it would take a lot of fun out of the winning. After all, she'd worked hard on her dancing, and she was bright. Much as she loved being the center of attention, she certainly didn't want to be valued only for her looks. So, yeah, I was like, oh, just who is she? (laughs) Yeah, and then she just proceeds to have a really tough night. (laughs) Like the tiara is is chintzy. You know, we had that whole fantasy I read at the beginning of this episode of like what she was going to get. The fur lined velvet cape, the crown. She said, oh my gosh. Okay, I'll read this one. Jessica turned her eyes eagerly to Fraser, expecting to see adoration on his face and was let down to find out he wasn't even looking at her. He was studying the ceiling of the auditorium, and, if anything, he seemed bored and anxious to leave. Jessica was devastated. She'd worked like a slave, partly for the fabulous prizes, partly for the public notice, but also to get this particular guy's attention, and it seemed now that all her efforts had been for nothing. Fraser still didn't know she was alive. Ugh. Ugh. How dare he? Fraser. And the prizes... Fabulous prizes. Um, Elizabeth, at a certain point in the book, like, hears Jessica talking about the prizes and is like, huh, I read the announcement about this and the prizes didn't really seem that great. Like, Jessica said something about a car at some point and Elizabeth's like, I don't think there was a car in there. Of course, Jessica just thinks that she's going to buy a car with the prize money. But um, here, here we have the reveal. Well, Mrs. Wakefield began, there's a haircut at the new styling salon at the mall, a month's free bowling at Al's Alley, a set of encyclopedias, a $25 gift certificate from Things for Girls, 10 free movie rentals at Quick Dash, and a cash prize of $100. Things for girls. Like, do you want a gift certificate to Simple Splendor? 
or things, things for, for girls. girls. Also, Al's Alley is incredible. And we learned recently that Jessica hates bowling. Oh, she no. like really thinks bowling is like the worst thing a person could do. I mean, it's pretty dirty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we do have a happy ending with Fraser. That's true. That's true. So after she's devastated because he was staring at the ceiling, she gets bowling and the a haircut. Prices. Yeah. Also, you know what and those so read like? Those read like uh, those coupon books that you would have to sell for fundraising. Entertainment books. Yeah. yeah that's we what did that those. reads like. Um, so she is bumming hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, I thought I was going to get $10,000. So she was going to, she borrowed her dress. Also, I thought this was very inventive of her. She yeah. borrowed the dress she wore, the gown, from Simple Splendor in agreement with the store that it would be like advertisement for them. She was an influencer, yeah. quite frankly. Totally. It was um, very clever. And, and then a- Amy, meanwhile, bought her dress outright yeah. from the same store. Oh, Amy. <laughs> She's working hard. God bless. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, so she's like, okay, I'm going to go take the dress back to, uh, you know, I did, I did my thing with it. Um, so she picks up the dress along with her purse and car keys and heads for the Fiat, which was parked in the driveway. Just as she was about to get behind the wheel, Fraser McConnell pulled in. Stephen isn't home, she told Fraser. Her heart raced a little when he stopped beside her car and bent to look in at her, his muscular arms resting against the lower edge of the window. He smiled that blinding, white fire smile of his. I know, he said. Actually, I stopped by because I wanted to see you. Jessica's heart shimmied into her throat and pounded there like some jungle drum gone berserk. You did? Fraser nodded. His blonde hair caught the bright morning light. The truth is, I've been wanting to ask you out for a long time, he said seriously. But I held back because, well, you're my buddy's sister and everything. If he calls me Elizabeth, Jessica thought wildly, I'm going to jump off the nearest bridge. She waited. Maybe we could take in a movie next Friday night, Fraser pressed. Jessica decided to play it cool. She still wanted indication that he didn't think he was asking out Elizabeth. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you're doing this just because I miss Teen Sweet Valley. (laughs) (laughs) And long story short, gladiators, he knew. He knew it was Jessica and he wanted to see her. So a happy ending. I'm sure we'll see Jessica and Fraser having some hot dates in the next book. Which, speaking of the next book, why don't you tease book number 77 for the Gladiators? I would love to. It was a very weird tease. And I get what you're saying about the random books with people. <laughs> uh, do I, should I read that whole last part? Sure. Um, Elizabeth pulled into the school parking lot bright and early Monday morning. The area was empty except for a few teachers' cars. As Elizabeth walked toward the main building, she noticed a lone runner doing laps on the track. Recognizing Tony Esteban, she waited, planning to say hello when he passed the fence. Tony was a great guy with a tremendous amount of talent and high hopes of entering the Olympics someday. It was obvious that he was willing to go to the wall for his dream, concentrating hard on performance and speed. When Tony drew near, Elizabeth waved and called out a greeting. Tony smiled at her and waved back, his dark eyes sparkling with energy and great expectations, but he didn't break his stride. Flirting with other guys when I'm not around, huh? Teased a masculine voice from behind her. Elizabeth turned to see Todd standing there. Of course, she said with a toss of her head and a mischievous grin. Tony's pretty cute, and besides, you never know when you might need a spare boyfriend. 
Todd narrowed his eyes at her, pretending to be suspicious. Jessica, is that you posing as Elizabeth? <laughs> Elizabeth laughed. Todd sh- took her hand as they... <laughs> Todd shook her hand. Todd took her <laughs> oh hand God. as they walked into the school building. You know, Tony's our best runner by far. From what I hear, he's got what it takes to be a professional athlete. <gasps> Will Tony Esteban allow anything to stand in the way of his dream? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 77, cheating to win. It sounds like it. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Well, we'll talk more about the great writing and other complications of this book, as well as the reader of the month, second ever reader of the month in our (gasps) extra drama next week. But for now, I mean, a lesson from this book that we can leave the gladiators with? Hmm. I think uh, for both of them and for all of us, really. Put in the hard work to back your beliefs. Sure. Gladiators, put in the hard work to back your beliefs. Yeah. And we'll see you next week we'll on Sweet Valley Diaries. Week. <laughs>